Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is our 19th episode? It doesn't feel like it, does it? I know, the halfway point as well. I know. And yeah. Cracking on. So today, um, before we get into the meat and bones of Fantasy Football Scotland, you know, double game week 19, um, watch list, looking forward to game week 20 and answering any questions, etc, etc. Um, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do beforehand, I reckon. Um, the first thing is to announce the release of a project we've been working on over the past few game weeks. Um, for those of you um, who are, you know, long-time listeners of the pod are probably aware that we use um, expected data from a Twitter account at um, xg underscore data um, when it comes to you know aiding fantasy football Scotland decisions like transfers and captaincy etc etc well we have gone back through all of the data um, produced by uh, said Twitter account and have compiled a number of tables um, under different parameters showing how well or poorly different teams are doing um, it's broken down into, I think, overall, uh, XG and XGA, uh, last six, last four, uh, home, away, and then old firm excluded. Um, so I think I still to update the midweek fixtures to the database, um, but from then we'll be releasing screenshots of it organized, um, a highest to lowest in XG for each parameter. So I think it's something that could be, you know, pretty useful for, um, Fantasy Football Scotland players. Thomas, do you find yourself using the tables much? Yeah, I mean, I think just as a sort of overarching thing, like I've brought in Ross County players just as a result that their XG is, generally speaking, pretty high. And like, if I'd not been using it and I looked at the table, I'd be like, meh, nah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can help you to also delineate between teams that are playing poorly and playing well but not quite getting results. I think we've been saying the same thing about Aberdeen and recently Hibs. I, as a result of um, their expected data, I'm quite happy to sit on particularly Hibs assets and potentially look to bring in Aberdeen players as a result. But yeah, just a heads up, that should be out this evening once I've updated the numbers from this week's midweek fixtures. The second part was if you have not been following um, Fantasy Football Scotland's Twitter closely, or fair, somewhat closely, earlier this week or in, at the end of last week? I think it was earlier this week. They released an article on their blog um, detailing some real changes uh, in light of the recent postponements as a result of uh, COVID. Um, so I just took some quick notes and I'm just going to go through them here so that everyone is aware of said changes. Um, so there are free transfers for players who are marked unavailable as a result of postponements. However, this will these free transfers will only be granted if 50% of fixtures in a single game week, so three matches in a regular game week, um, were postponed. Um, users with a player from one of those teams will be granted a free transfer for those players. And I didn't say specifically, but my understanding is it's for each one of those. That's what, to me, at least to me, would make sense most logically. So, if you had three Hibs players and three Aberdeen players, and their game got cancelled along with two others, you'd get a free transfer for each one of those Hibs and Aberdeen players. I thought you would only be able to transfer out those Hibs or Aberdeen players. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to then just if let's say you had three and three, 
and then you transferred out five and then you'd get another free transfer for just another player. I, yeah, I think it's just for the players that are affected by the cancellation yeah. or postponement. It's worth noting as well that um, these free transfers are only for the transfer out option. These transfers are not reversible for free. Um, this is not what isn't called a free hit where you can essentially change your team and then next week it resets back to what it was. If you are... Um, if you are yeah, taking players out, those tra- transfers will become permanent. So if you're wanted to take advantage of their double games, which will come down the road as a result of the said postponements, um, you would have to transfer them back in or alternatively just sit on them. I guess it would depend on how your team is looking. Finally, um, this sort of feature of the game is only activated as long as the postponements happen before the game week deadline. So let's say we're heading into a game week with six fixtures on and all of a sudden three fixtures are cancelled after the deadline, you know, in the hour and a half. Uh, no, sorry, the hour. Between the hour of the of the closing of the team selection and the kickoff of the first game. Or um, if the team plays the next day. Or if the team <laughs> plays the next day. Um, yeah, this. I mean, yes, it can't. It cannot be activated as the as the deadline has passed. So hopefully that's cleared up for you, and it's something to bear in mind. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. After this winter break, which starts the day after Boxing Day, um, means that this sort of COVID issues will be settled, and this won't. You know, this issue will not be realised, and we'll not have to use this. Uh, but I think it's a cool way of. A cool way that FFS have sort of reacted to what's been going on recently, allowing the game to be more playable. I, from what I remember, I think FPL have just added an extra free hit chip. Um, and I think this solution is better. And I think it's a far more flexible than just a free hit. Yeah, because what if you have four games that are kind of, your free hit's kind of useless? Because yeah. you'd use it in one of them. You, you, if you were smart, you'd use it in the first one because you're like, oh, there's a decent likelihood that there might not be another one. But then you could have three the following three weeks. Right, shall we press on to game week 19? Thomas, please, tell everyone how you did this week. I did, incredibly. Um, I am ranked number one overall in the world, <laughs> and I got 158 points this week. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I've had a bit of a shocker over the last... Uh, shocker? No, I got f- close to 50 points this week, but yeah, not looking great over it. My stadium, I don't know. I was going to yeah, think look, look at your lineup. Yeah. Um, so Maynard Brewer got me four. I'll just go with the people that returned for me, actually. Tav, Bassey, and Boyle. <laughs> That's it. Ouch. <laughs> I have one zero pointer in Rooney. I have Aribo, Hedges, and Nisbet, and Mullen as one pointers. I have Mikey Johnson as a three pointer. Maynard Brewer got me four points in goals and Turnbull was my captain but got injured in the cup final so my captaincy moved on to Harry Clark of Ross <laughs> County <laughs> to get me a total of eight points meaning that my game week overall score was 49 which means I have a slight red arrow to 355th in the Meg League. Yeah. Ouchy pouchy, Thomas. Ouchy pouchy indeed. Um I know what I'm doing with transfers. I okay, know, fine. I so you're, you're, prepared, you're ready to bring it back around. Yep, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing with transfers. And that's the end of the podcast. Oh, okay, it was fine. Nice, nice yeah. having you listening. We'll see you after Boxing Day. Sure. My game week 19 was uh, somewhat successful. So, obviously, Turnbull going off injured in the, uh, 
in cup the final. cup final while I was stressing because he was my captain for the St. Mirren fixture. However, vice captain Regan Charles Cook ended up being my captain who returned over his two fixtures a total of 12 points, making for 24. Add to that Tav 16, Bassey 6, Maynard's four, Maynard Brewers 4, Juranovic is disappointing one. McCart's even more disappointing one because he hadn't managed to achieve that over two games this week. Um, Aribo's one-pointer. Boyle's eight-pointer. Spittle with five. Nisbet with one. Danny Mullen with one. I returned 68 points and I'm up to an overall rank of 71. But more importantly, 50 points clear of Thomas. Absolutely out of sight. No. <clears throat> I'll be back. Don't worry. I'll be back. All I'll right. be back. Back with a bang. I think the most disappointing thing from my side, from 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 my perspective this week, was uh, I only just about managed to field an eleven. I had Seagrass and Freeman who were out after pinging po- positive for COVID. Turnbull with the injury and my bench player, obviously bench trick player with zero points, who I am somewhat regretting bringing in. But maybe, as we said, we said already, hopefully these uh, COVID postponements, um, their frequency reduces after the winter break. But yeah. one can only hope. Shall we press on and have a look at the fixtures from this game week, Thomas? Sure. As per usual, I think we're just gonna we're just gonna go with the uh, sports scene running order. Sure. So first we have Rangers. Yeah, Rangers took on a very much depleted Dundee United side um, and um, came away one 0 winners with uh, a Tavernier penalty uh, being the difference. Um, from a team news perspective, uh, it was interesting to see, or not interesting to see, Borna is out uh, with an injury, meaning that Pat- Patterson came in. Rangers set up with like a weird makeshift back four where they put Tav at centre-back alongside Goldson, Bassi out on the left and Patterson on the right, out on the right. And it went horribly for like yep. 20 minutes, so it was reverted to Tav on the right, Goldson and Bassi in centre- at centre-back, and, and then Patterson, Patterson out on the left. And the only other change of note was Lundstrom came... In for Aribo, wasn't it? Yes, Aribo sat on the bench. Because Aribo is one card away from suspension, is it? He was, but I think, has, is it is the whatever it's called, the grace period not passed now, now that we're halfway through the season, is that sort of thing not wiped? Or is that just, am I thinking of the English Premier League? I don't know. I actually Something that takes further investigation, I guess. But yeah, on the Dundee United side, um, as a Seagrist, I mean, as, I was going to say as a Seagrist and Freeman owner, I was disappointed, but it, was, it wasn't like they were going to get particularly many points. Maybe Seagrist would have had a few save points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were very much changed as a result of an out- COVID outbreak in the cab after a night out in Newcastle. Yeah, very professional. Very Scottish football as well. If we yeah. cast our minds back to Celtic flying halfway around the world to- for a piss up in Dubai. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like that the tweet, Scottish football, terrible decisions during COVID and the shaking hands emoji yeah. underneath. It just, it's on- ongoing. I think, who else... There was another team who was in a similar position this season, though. No? There was the COVID-7 or whatever it was from uh, Rangers, you know, the, the young guys that all went out partying. I mean, there was the Aberdeen players who went to Soul yes. Casino. <laughs> <laughs> and then this season, Jason Cummings got dropped from training because he was on the lash at open goal. <laughs> yep, so. Things never seem to change. However, from uh, let's revert our attention back to the fixture. I would have to say a 1-0 victory for Rangers is probably about fair, Thomas. What do you think? Yep. Um, neither team looked fantastic, but I guess that's what... I mean, that's what... As we'll come on to, Celtic looked nowhere near as good without Kyogo Furuhashi, but Rangers didn't look great without Aribo. 
And I think that's just every team's going to miss their best player. And then, as you said, that experiment in defence didn't go too well. Um, Kent is sort of continuing his revival, although he didn't return this week. He did look decent, was getting into decent positions and was putting decent balls into the box. Um, however, I think my man of the match would go to Morelos. I think, he, I mean, outside Tav, he got his clean sheet and his penalty goal. Um, Kent, uh, Kent uh, Morelos looked pretty dangerous again. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I, I agree with your assessment as well. I don't think Rangers played particularly well, but they did record a non-penalty XG of 1.67. Not their highest at home, but, you know, not terrible. They recorded far more shots and shots on target to Dundee United compared to Dundee United. Um, with 16 and 5 to 5 and 1. Four shots uh, in the box to Dundee United's 5, which was quite surprising. So I guess that's uh, endemic of maybe some poor shot selection from Rangers. I have zero big chances for either team, which I thought was strange seeing as uh, Rangers got the penalty. I'm sure you would count that as a big chance. Uh, I don't know if it's... Con- I think it's just considered as a penalty and not a big chance. Yeah, fair. But no, I, I agree with your assessment. Um, Taverniers being one of the stalwarts of fantasy football Scotland again this season. Whilst I think Roof is out with a sort of semi-long-term injury, it looks like Tav is still definitely on penalties, hauling 16 points this week I agree with your assessment of Morelos as well whilst he didn't return I think owners can be consider themselves fairly unfortunate he recorded a non-penalty XG of 0.8 and a non-penalty a non-penalty XA how do you assist someone from a penalty I guess it would have to be like one of those Arsenal like the the Arsenal penalty which went horrifically wrong yeah. <laughs> um, of 0.2 5 shots and 1 on target and 1 key pass I still have him down as a priority transfer, but I'm struggling yep. to figure out how I'm going to get to him because I have a number of other fires that he put out my team. And Tavernier had a good game himself, obviously. Three shots, two on target, a key pass and a goal. Yes, very good. Is uh, there anything you want to say about Dundee United? I, I, I mean, two things. I don't think you should take anything away from this game. I mean, for two reasons. First of all, they're playing away at Ibrox, so... One of the toughest places to go in the league, if not the toughest. And as you said, they had several players out through injury slash COVID. So I wouldn't take too much away from this. I think you could argue that it was that 1 0 was actually probably a good result for them considering the circumstances. And they actually kind of gave it to Rangers for quite a bit in the first half. They had a wee spell. They yep. had a wee spell, for sure. For me, from a fantasy football perspective, the only thing I've taken of note here is Freeman came off in the 49th minute, and I think it's at Kerr Smith was reintroduced. So I'm going to have to find out, probably through by DMing at DUFC Analysis on Twitter, which one he thinks is going to be preferred, because I'm not a fan of having players that are going to get swapped in and out of the games, or, or, or you know, different game weeks, you know, hooked before the 50th minute. I think that's enough said for the Rangers and Dundee United fixture. On to Motherwell versus St. Johnson, where uh, Cornelia, Dean Cornelius and uh, Kevin Van Veen goals were the difference. Motherwell continue to massively overperform their expected data, eh? Yep. I mean, saying that, they still sort of just look good, is what I'll say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do think they have like a, a squad with quality players like I think their yep. front three is very good I think they have a 
you know, a midfield three, which can be changed around a little bit, but I think it's, you know, Slattery, Goss and Cornelius is a strong central midfield and then they've got a good back line too, so. And then Kayleigh also in goals is pretty quality. Um, What did you make of the game, Thomas? Motherwell very much on top and St. Johnston fans should be very, very worried. I feel like we, we say that a lot Motherwell are looking very, very, very good yep. at the moment, and St. Jane, St. Jainston, St. Johnston are polar opposites. Um, They're bottom of the table now, are they not? Yep, they've lost at least five in a row. It might be six now. Yeah. So yes, very, very worrying times for the Saints, but for me, one player who I've highlighted was Sean Goss. He was very yeah. good. Um, He's on free kicks and he put in the cross, which resulted in McCart clearing it straight to Cornelius's feet. He, he did, did he? Yep. That's something I took note of. And then um, and then he was in the box when Tony Watt sort of drilled in a cross, but he just sort of couldn't get it, get his feet right, and it just sort of hit off him and bounced out. So, yep, he was one of my top performers. And then Van Veen was... His goal was lovely. He he like turned McCart inside and out and then megged Clark. It was very nice to watch. Now, it wasn't Clark. They changed keepers this week. Oh, did they? Yes. I think it was Parrish. Well, I might be wrong. Oh. Yeah. No, I would agree. Realized. I would agree. I thought Motherwell looked very, very good. And whilst I have bashed them for having poor underlying statistics, I went and had a look at our tables, which I don't know if you know this. I mentioned already. We'll be releasing those this evening at some point. Um, so please keep an eye on our Twitter uh, at sffantasy.com for those. Um, you know, I've been bashing them for having poor underlying statistics, but ultimately, over the last over the season, they've been very consistent for their expected goals. Eighth overall, last sixth they've been eighth, and last four they've been eighth as well. However, what's quite pleasing to see is their uh, expected goals against has improved considerably since the start of the season. So um, overall, they were tenth, but in the last six and last four, they've been fifth. Hmm. It was very, very solid. So I think pair this with the fixtures that they've got coming up, I could be interested potentially in a, if not a Tony Watt, then but maybe a... Ben Vane or... Maybe even a defender like a... a Solhom, what's his name? Solhom Johansson or Johanny Ojala. Oh, is injured just now. Bevis Mugabe could be another shout. I think O'Donnell is receiving a run of starts, so could go... We risk on him. I, I don't think I've got the confidence to go for go for that one. Um, Anyone else that you think you'd like to highlight for this game? Outside of Van Vane and Goss. Dean Cornelius for having a name straight off, straight out of a Harry Potter book. That's yeah. a fantastic first answer, name. But no, he's he's looked great since coming in. He's Motherwell, born and bred, diehard fan. So not that it has anything to do with fantasy football Scotland, but it's, I guess it's interesting to note. He looked good. I agree as well. Kevin Van Veen looked good, and interestingly, was playing through the middle with Tony Watt out on the right. Yep. It looked to me. Um, so I think in that situation, I probably would prefer Kevin Van Veen. But the issue there is is. Graham Alexander likes to chop and change and move them all around, so it's hard to, you know, nail down which one's going to be leading the line. Yeah. The well, f- I'll say is Tony Watts come on a lot this season. Oh right? yeah, I mean, I, if, excellent. If I if you told me that at the start, like at the start of the season, that by Christmas he'd be the top scorer in the league, he's the top scorer in the league. Right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have laughed at you if you told. Yeah, if you told me by Christmas that Tony Watt was. Um, Tony Watt was top scorer by Christmas. 
and uh, Celtic's most influential player was a 26-year-old Japanese striker who had never played in Europe. And their second most influential player of the season so far was uh, Anthony Ralston. I have just like broken down laughing. Yeah. It's been a funny old season so far. Long may it continue. On the flip side of this fixture, I think we've said this already, St. Johnson players not interested. Took a punt on McCart for his two double game weeks and I think he's returned me like three points. Yeah. Done with him. He might be out for a minus four for me this week. That's how lowly I rate him based on the fact that not only are St. Johnson's real life results going poorly, I think they're bottom of the expected points table as well and to add insult to injury, their run of fixtures... The next two fixtures are Celtic at home, then Hearts away. Not great. Right. Dundee versus Hearts, where a game in which Substitute Walker, I think this is the first time he's played in... 12 games, I think it was. Yeah, 12 games. I was going to say 14, but you corrected me, fair enough. Um, came on to seal all three points for the jammed Hearts. I would say it's a fair reflect. Like the result is very much a fair reflection of the underlying statistics here. Um, Hearts recorded an expected goals of one point zero four to Dundee's 0.14. 13 shots and one on target to Dundee's four and one. Seven shots in the box to Dundee's zero. Hearts with one big chance, which I think was Walker's goal, and then three corners for Dundee to Hearts' nine. What do you think, Thomas? Um, I mean, I think Walker deserved to. Deserved to get his goal because he had his chalked off for some fantastic refereeing by everyone's favourite Willie Collum. Um, but yeah, I f- Lee Griffiths got his first start of the season, I think. He's looking chunky, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking like a big boy these days. I think that's part of the problem with Lee Griffiths is he doesn't stay fit unless he's playing 90 minutes every week. Yep. I, I was reading, oh, but who was it that sent that script? I think we were in a group chat with some of the boys from Hoofball Pod and a few other FFS pals. And they said that, like, like the manager when he played at, was it Dundee or Livingston before, used to have to pick him up for training to stop him from going to McDonald's <laughs> breakfast on the way there. <laughs> Man. Um. I didn't really have any standout performers. Me neither. No one really let out, I think. No. Uh, the only thing I would say, which could be a bit of a concern for Hearts, is now they've lost another key player in Kingsley. So that's both Benny Beningme and... Uh, I, yeah, it's Kingsley out. Yeah, yeah. Kingsley's out, yeah. That's two of their key players that are out <laughs> there. Um, and I think Max Anderson was pretty lucky not to get sent off for <laughs> yeah. the second time this season. Yeah, that was a pretty horror tackle. Yeah. Um, do you think Cochrane comes in to replace him on that left wing back or do you think Halliday gets starts again because he has played a couple of times yeah. Yeah. I don't know I, I, w- I would avoid both because there there is the chance that they get rotated between each other So and Boyce missed out again through injury if I'm not mistaken yeah he's looking less and less like a fancy asset it seems like it, he returned once for the first time in a while but because he was out injured and now he's out injured again so I'm not too sold on Boyce as an FFS asset as of late. Not not in the short term, that's for sure. Um, I have I'm having issues in my squad at the moment with injuries and players like you know COVID players that are paying for COVID. So I'm not keen on bringing in a player whose fitness I'm not confident in. I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, yeah, the only thing I want to know is probably Hearts got their away win, and whilst they didn't look great going forward, they were very solid at the back. They were. Um, Conceded and expected goals of only one of only point one four, um, and I'm sure Craig Gordon got himself a nice seven or eight pointer this week. Yeah, um, 
I think that's enough to be getting on with that one. I think Hearts, let's have a look at the fixtures for Hearts. Ah, they have a nice run. A sort of semi-nice run, sorry. It goes Ross County and St. Johnson at home, followed by Hibernian away, Celtic at home, and then Motherwell at home. Anyway, so it's nice in the short term, but long term it's looking pretty tough. That's what I'll say about Hearts players. So I would maybe go for a Gordon if I was looking to make a goalkeeper transfer, but I'm, ultimately I'm not, so I'm not too interested in anyone else at the moment. Nah. Livingston versus Ross County finished 1-1 uh, as Obelai cancelled out Cancola's goal in the 90th minute. What do you make for this, Thomas? I'm heartbroken. That was Captain Clark's <laughs> <laughs> double clean sheet wiped after the 89th minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Would you now take a punt on Ao Obelai? He's now ret- he's now returned twice in two weeks. I something I've been considering. So Livingston have a nice run of fixtures, nice-ish. It goes Motherwell away, which is you know tough fixture. Dundee at home and St Johnston at home, two fixtures I really like. Followed by Rangers away, Hibs away, then Aberdeen at home and Ross County away. So it's sort of up and down. You could uh, if you didn't have injury worry, injury problems, you could argue you could take like a two or three week punt on him down the line and then just or, or, or now and just put him on the bench for that difficult run of fixtures I like him based on the fact that he's a set piece target uh, and he's on penalties and he's on penalties which is massive for a defender but just Livingston are coming into a good run of form and we're to be honest well worth their point in this, uh, in this fixture um, so it's definitely one to keep an eye on as I said priority transfers other priority transfers so I won't be going for AOI. I don't think I may do from a cart. Um, but yeah, what did you think about the game, Thomas? Um, I don't really remember too much from it. I just Maybe I'm just unable to see through my tears from that 89th minute goal. That was so annoying for me. But yeah, it was pretty even, I felt. Yeah, the, the data suggests so. So Livingston recorded expected goals of 1.09 to Ross County's 0.8. Um, and they had a very similar number of shots and shots on target. Livy edging out Ross County for shots in the box, and the same with corners. I think Ross County still look absolutely excellent going forward. Like they are a joy to watch uh, when mm-hmm. they're attacking. However, um, they're mincemeat in defence. They are very shaky at the back. Which I would you can sort of gather from looking at the actual table where they're like the fourth highest scoring team and the joint worst defence in the league. It's like. Yeah. yeah. Not only are they shaky at the back from a defensive perspective, but I actually don't rate Maynard Brewer that highly. I think no. he should have said like that. That ball, that that header from Obelai bounces off his body and into the goal. It's like <laughs> you should be doing Heart break, that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I two like clean it, sheets away from me. I felt like yeah, it was unfortunate to somewhat, but uh, to uh, to a certain extent. But he should yeah, I think he should be doing better. <sighs> it was from close range, but still. Oh well. Yep. On the flip side, I thought. Uh, yep, Livingston in good form, particularly defensively. However, the only pick I like really at the moment is Ao Obelai. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be much attacking threat in Livingston. Nah. Is Anderson, Anderson still in the squad? Yeah, but again, his minutes aren't consistent. The way it seems to go with strikers in Scotland, they get rotated until one of them scores and then they get a run of form fixtures to keep that form up. And if it doesn't work, they get dropped again. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. 
Right, let's keep battering through these. Fixture number five of the game week saw St. Mirren. I much changed St. Mirren um, as a result of a COVID outbreak in the camp. Frustrate a somewhat depleted Celtic side, but nonetheless, any one of the 11 of Celtic's team would have started for uh, St. Mirren in this fixture, so I don't think that's necessarily an excuse. Um, one thing I noted, bench trick player Reed, I think, was recalled and played from his loan. Really? Yeah, he played. He started in this fixture. Um, there was no Anik, Ronan, or McGrath. Whilst on the flip side, Celtic saw six changes from their League Cup victory, um, with Turnbull, Kyogo, and Juranovic all missing out. With Turnbull and Kyogo missing out completely, I don't think they were even on the yeah, bench. Yeah, well, I think, as we said, Turnbull got injured, and then I think... Kyogo still might have a bit of a hamstring problem, just wanted to play in the cup final, which is fair enough. Commendable, fair play, dragging himself back for that one, playing for the injury. Yep. Um, I think the game went pretty much as expected with St. Mirren defending vast swathes of the game, but yeah. I guess that's what you have to do when your squad's so depleted against one of the old firm, is just sit back and hope for the best, and they got it. So Yeah, no, Celtic should have come away here with more than the one point. They recorded a very healthy expected goal of 2.1 to St. Mirren's 0.46. Um, shots on target, 4 and four and two. Shots and shots on target was 4 and 2 to 30 and 8. Shots in the box was 4 to 19. But interestingly enough, it says here that St. Mirren only had recorded the only big chance of the game. Um, I think... Linus probably pulled out the performance of his entire career. He looked very solid in between the sticks in front of, I think, a reasonably... I think it was more the midfield and forward players that saw a lot of rotation, but still, I don't think... It, it was a, a slightly makeshift back five. Um, Celtic, by and large, battered St. Marin, but failed con to convert their opportunities. Um, Celtic created good chances, particularly for Mikey Johnson, um, but yeah, did not capitalise. No, I guess that's just sort of what happens when you don't have a striker on the pitch. Or a recognised striker. Was there any individual performances you would like to pick out, Thomas? Because um, I was going through the individual statistics, for at least for Celtic, on whoscore.com, and it's hard to like pick out one, so go for a couple. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers, I think. Yeah. As a fantasy asset, has sort of really started to come into the fray. I mean, I don't think he's quite Ralston. Like the the problem with Celtic defenders who aren't named Ralston is you then have to pick do what which which of Turnbull Kyogo Kyogo or Jota do you want to take out when they're all fit? Yeah, if you're yeah, I I, I agree with you. I would not be doubling up on Celtic defence considering the options they usually would have in midfield. Um, I actually thought Michael Johnson didn't have a bad game. Yeah, he no. didn't finish his opportunities, but he took sh six shots, three on target, and one key pass. Uh, Ralston, he had a very good game, I thought. Two shots, two on target, and he made three key passes. Yeah, Callum McGregor had a decent game, um, made two key passes, had two shots on target. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... I think Celtic missed the movement of Kyogo just because, like, I, as you can tell from the statistics, there was no big chances created, and, yeah... Uh, and that Turnbull injury has left me reeling somewhat. Really, um, I'm probably going to have to wait for team news and make a decision. I have a couple of options in mind I like to move him on this week. I don't think we're going to get any more injury news. And I think considering how hard Ange has been running the players into the ground, he's not going to feature at all this game week. And then we'll come back after the, the winter break. 
Or I I wonder if Ange will just play as strong a squad as possible because he knows the winter break's coming up so he can relax or relax, rest some of his players. Do we get team news? That's a big question, I guess. Yeah, that we'll... I would be surprised if we didn't because it's, it's Boxing Day football so we should have all the teams playing at the same time, no? Uh, I, can't, I honestly I can't remember because I know in England they're staggered like it's one kick off after the other uh, the next round uh, oh, so you will get Celtic team news they are the first fixture of the day at half 12 and then we get no other team news okay that's fine though I kind of wanted Celtic team news because I yeah I might go for Rogic for a yeah I just I guess and they're also it. playing St Johnston so if you you do kind of want that Celtic offensive asset yeah I would agree Fixture number six, only two more to go. Um, we've got this and then what Ross County and St. Johnson's second fixture of the game yep. week. I will jump in here and say that this is where my highlight watching comes to an end. I didn't have time this week, so over to you, Harry. So, um, Hibs versus Aberdeen. Uh, this was um, Hib- Hibernian's first time out under a new manager <coughs> who was announced, was it June? Was it the start of the week? Over the weekend, maybe? Yeah, the, the announcement of Sean Maloney. Um, and it was interesting to look at the way he set his team out. So, reverted to the three-five-two, which I thought um, was the system in which, or at least the formation in which Hibs were playing their best football. I think they had the, in, the increased defensive um, solidity from playing three centre-backs, um, accounting for Chris Cadden and... Josh Doig bombing up the wings, um, with Scott Allen making a start in as a number nine and number nine as a number ten in behind uh, Nisbet and Boyle. Talking of Boyle, he was the one who set up Portis's goal um, from a corner um, to secure all three points. Um, on the Aberdeen side, we had Mackenzie and Ramsey on the bench with uh, Gallagher and Bates as centre back. So I guess it's interesting to note Mackenzie and Ramsey coming back. They were very solid fantasy football Scotland assets in not the first five game weeks, um, but have since spent a large portion of that time injured. We actually have a question on Ramsey, um, so I guess we'll circle back to him later. The same front four that's been working so successfully for them recently, I think it's the same front four as the St. Mirren and the Livingston fixture. It was uh, a three of Watkins, Jet and Hedges behind uh, Ramirez up top. Interesting to note, I think our Aberdeen... FC supporting friend Aaron let us know that Blackburn have come in with a hefty pre-contract after, after, offer after talks broke down between um, Hedges and Aberdeen. So he may not, he may not be a fantasy football asset beyond the end of the season. But I don't think it'll have too much influence over the coming game weeks. I guess we'll have to wait and see how that situation develops. I'm not about to make the same mistake I did in pre-season when I refused to bring in Ralston because I thought. Celtic was sign right back, yeah. And the thing is, I have hedges in my team, and if for some reason Blackburn wants to have him now, I'll then just get the free transfer. That's very true. I think Hibs were slightly fortunate to come away with um, all three points. Um, they recorded a lower XG of 0.65 to Aberdeen's 1.09. Um, they took fewer shots um, than Aberdeen's 6 to Aberdeen's 10. Um, but more of those were from inside the box, um, five to Aberdeen's two, um, and recorded one big chance to Aberdeen's two. Um, you, I don't think you'll be surprised to hear that Watkins again was taking up very good uh, positions in the box and getting good chances. I think he recorded a game week expected non penalty expected goals of something like 
0.8. He had a shot right on the edge of the six-yard box, which he probably probably should have finished. He he is someone who I'm really considering trying to bring in in the very near future. Yeah, I thought by and large both teams played well. Both played some nice stuff and looked solid defensively. Um, I really like Doig's playing position back on that you know in that win, wing back role. Um, on the left sort of side of midfield, playing very high and wide. And I thought Nisbet was getting him, continues to get himself in good positions and get good opportunities for himself. So I'm, I, based on the fact that I've got other things that need done to my team, he'll stay for another week for the game versus Dundee United. Uh, did I draw out any individual performances from this fixture? I don't think so. Ultimately, it was a fairly low scoring game. Um, you know, not a whole load of chances, uh, and I think the picks from both teams still are fairly obvious. Nisbet up top or Boyle. Um, Josh Doig in defence. Josh Doig in defence, potentially. I've added Porteous to the list after his goal and clean sheet. And then on the Aberdeen side, I'm not necessarily interested in too many of the defenders based on the fact that I'm waiting. I'm, hope- I'm hoping that one of Jack McKenzie or Ramsey comes back into the fray. And then outside of them, it's probably... In midfield, Hedges, uh, maybe Lewis Ferguson, and then up front, Watkins or Ramirez. And I possibly would favour Watkins based on the fact that he's a million cheaper. Agreed. Did you watch St. Johnson versus Ross County? Nope. Possibly a good thing as I carry Clark captain on because the uh, deflected goal that ruptured the Ross County clean sheet was heinous. Like from 30 yards out, Butterfield, the new uh, St. Johnson midfielder, shoots it hits off a Ross County defender's heel or arse or something and the course of the ball changes completely and Maynard Brewer has been sent the wrong direction and the ball sort of just floats into the back of the net yep the Ross County midfielders were on target as the Staggies run out 2-1 winners and deservedly so I would argue um St. Johnson uh recording expected goal non-penalty expected goals of a measly 0.4 to Ross County's 1.91 um, St. Johnson had nine shots and three on target, which is a bit higher than more recently, but they were playing one of the weaker defences in the league, so that's no mean feat. That's right. That's no mean feat. No mean feat means it's def- like that's oh, that's yeah. very impressive. So it is a mean feat because that's not very impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ross County had 20 shots, four on target, and four hitting the woodwork, including Ross Callahan's penalty. And, uh, I'm going to say it again, Ross County are so much fun to watch, uh, in this, particularly on the on, on the break or in the final third of the pitch. Um, I, I honestly believe they're one of the better attacking sides in the league. Like I think it was Celtic and Rangers, obviously, then maybe Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen, and then it's Ross County, no doubt. Yeah. And they've been looking really good going forward. With both of those wingers, Regan Charles Cook or Hungbo, flying in behind. The former, by the way, is playing out of his skin at the moment. He, I think they would say he's been involved in more than 50% of their away goals this season. Um, and if I'll be quite honest, he was unlocking to, to not have had more returns. I think he had a couple of very good deliveries into the box and a shot of his own off the post, if I'm not mistaken. All I'll say for Ross County is the picks are definitely in midfield there. Really? You've got Hungbo, Spittle... Callahan, RCC, yeah. Would you recommend moving on Harry Clark? Let's have I, a look at the fixtures. I looked at the sofa score and it had them had him playing as a centre back, not a right back anymore. Really? Yep. I don't think so. I think Volkins and 
Baldwin played at centre back, but I might be wrong. Uh, let's have a look at Ross County's upcoming fixtures. Hearts away, Motherwell at home, Aberdeen at home, Dundee United away, Rangers away. Tough, is what I'll say. Yeah. Very, very sticky set of fixtures. So I'm, I'm probably going to be moving my Ross County assets outside of Regan Charles Cook to the bench. Yeah, fair enough. Again, I think we already said, I think we've been saying this for a couple of podcasts now. I've got no interest in any St. Johnson player at the nope. moment, not even the goalkeeper. They can't nah. keep a clean sheet for love, no money, and do nothing going forward. So, yep. I'm making season expected goals at home to Ross County if you include the penalty of like 2.7. Yeah. Not great. I, that brings us to the end of the fixtures for the game week. Let's have a quick watch list update. So doing our best to keep this updated as we go along. I uh, so let's go from the top. Um, I actually I don't think I've sent this to you. Oh no, I did send it to you. You've got the photo there, Thomas. Yep. So I've got um, Craig Gordon is still on there with Xander Clark having been removed as I am avoiding St Johnson assets based on their poor form and their poor fixtures. Celtic at home and Hearts away over the next two. I don't like particularly. Difficult away game to Livingston, you know, side on form. They've maybe got a good fixture at home against Dundee. That might be a make or break one for them, to be honest. Away to Aberdeen, home at Dundee United, away to St. Mirren. So, no particular interest in them over the next seven game weeks. Defenders, I have removed Alex Cochran because he has been a rotation risk. However, that could be subject to change. Um, but in the immediate future, I don't see myself jumping on a uh, on a Hearts defend. Ah, Ross County and St. Johnson. Maybe that's worth some reconsideration, but I feel like he is a rotation risk at this point in the season. I have to remove Stephen Kingsley because uh, he's now injured and it looks like it's going to be fairly long term. Yeah. Um, as I said, Ryan Porteous has been added to the watch list after his goal in clean sheet versus Aberdeen. What's, how, do you, how do you pronounce that name to us? Sandre Solham Johansson yep. from Motherwell has been added. He has a he kept a clean sheet in game week 19, uh, assisted a goal, and his fixture run is reasonable. Livingston at home, Ross County away, St. Mirren away, Hibs at home. Yeah, it's not the easiest run out there, but there are some nice fixtures in there, and I like the fact that he's playing Hibs at home, yeah, but then it does go Hearts and Celtic, so he would possibly be benched by that point. Uh, Harry Clark has been ejected. Uh, Thomas owns Harry Clark. I own three Ross County players at the moment. Oh dear. Um, and yeah, just not confident Ross County are going to keep many clean sheets over over the piece. Not over the next four or five fixtures, I don't think. It's going to be tough to see where those clean sheet points are coming from. Onto midfield. Should have done this a while ago. Diego Yota is out injured. So Diego Yota. I've done it again. <laughs> yeah, That's no, I was waiting for well. that. Why? Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Jota is not on the watch list because he's injured. Hedges is still there and McGregor is still there and so is Tom Rogic. Odin Bailey of Livingston has been taken out because he got benched against Ross County. Sean Goss is still there and then Arfield is taken off because he's only had one return in his last six games, got taken off in the 64th minute, and you have Arebo and Kent in midfield. It was very sad to have had to do that, but I just... I mean, he's going to go and score two times this game week as yep, a result, absolutely. but I just... 
I, when I'm spending around six mil on a player, I want eighty to ninety minutes, five games out of six, and I don't think I'm going to get that from him. Arfield. Yep, Ross County still there, and Hungbo has been added finally. Yep. Uh, hit the woodwork from a free kick. He had he can ping a set piece. By the way, this is something mm-hmm. we mentioned. He hit a set piece and it hit off the bottom of the post. He looks excellent, so I do like him. Um, and got assist versus uh, St. Johnson. And before we move on, I remembered who I forgot to tell, to tell you to put on, and that's Ryan Kent. Ah, yeah, probably a good enough shout. Yep. Oh, it's going to be hard for me to get to him, seeing as I already have three Rangers players. Yeah, you, And I'm you, looking to bring in Morales over them all, but he's worth... He's worth having on there, just as a bit of a, bit of a differential. It's hard to say at this point. I'd have to go and look at his ownership. Yep. Anyway, moving on to forwards, we have both of the Aberdeen strikers. We will be taking Liam Boyce off because he yep. is injured. We have Tony Watt of Motherwell and then Kevin Van Veen has been added uh, as a result of him scoring this week. Um thing I don't like about Kevin Van Veen is he loves a yellow card, so it doesn't matter what he does. Take minus one from that. Yep. Um, Sakal is being taken off although he is good going forward he is a bit of a rotation risk and as we've been singing his praises for the last few weeks Alfredo Morelos stays on he remains right I'm going to tell the truth here and say I haven't had a particularly in-depth look at the game week 20 fixtures that fall on Boxing Day Um, at first glance I like the Rangers fixture against St. Mirren I think surely St. Mirren's side will still be depleted as a result of the COVID outbreak. I wouldn't be surprised anyway. I wouldn't be surprised. I also like, as although Celtic were missing a few key players, Celtic playing against St. Johnston is almost a slam dunk. Yeah, I think I think uh, like St. Mirren have been doing okay from a defensive standpoint over the last six. I mean, they are they're sixth. Oh wait, no, sorry, not sixth. They are seventh. Um, for expected goals against over the last six fixtures, but that is within expected goals of 1.41, and over the last four, that falls to 1.81. So I kind of fancy um, putting the captaincy on maybe a Tav or an Aribo. Yep. And But no, I wouldn't be opposed to doing the same thing with a Celtic player in that St. Johnson fixture. I just don't know which big hitter it's going to be. Yep, because so many of them are out injured. Um a punt of a vice captaincy on a Watkins or a Ramirez versus Dundee is something I'd absolutely not be opposed to. Yep. And then Hearts versus Ross County could be quite interesting. Don't know if I'd like captain or vice captain anyone from that. I could start being you know, like a sort of a 3-1 kind of game, a number of goals in that fixture. Yep. Um, and then Motherwell versus Livingston, I guess. Do you know what? It's a good, good game week. Good for... game week for vice captaincy and captaincy picks by and large, with the tightest fixture probably being Dundee United at home to Hibs. Yeah, but I think we'll... Yeah, I would agree there. Maybe Motherwell Livingston. I guess so, considering Livingston's form. I think they picked up 11 points over the last 21, which is quite impressive. General transfer strategy, if you, for whatever reason, like myself or Thomas, decided to punt on a St. Johnson player, I would be papping them out as soon as possible. Um... I would still be holding on to Hibernian assets because their run of fixtures, it's tough. Ah, I just think when it comes to Hibs players, you probably have fires elsewhere. If you don't, I would consider removing maybe a Nisbet if you can upgrade to Morelos. Um, but I don't see if you unless you already have 
unless you don't already have an Arebo or a Kent, maybe you would go from Boyle to a Rangers midfielder. Um, but their fixtures do look quite tough. Dundee away, Celtic away, Hearts at home, Motherwell away. What I will say is something I'm tempted to do is to roll this transfer because then you'll have a lot of players coming back fit after the international break. You'll have both the Aberdeen wingbacks. You'll have Kyogo hopefully. and Turnbull hopefully back to full fitness. Giotto might be back. Um, and yeah, I think there'll be a lot of injuries recovered from. So if you think you can field a first 11, you're saying your suggestion would be to... To roll the transfer, it. I'm gonna go have a have a look at my team quickly because that's something I had not cons- I had not really considered. Let's have a look. It's tough. I mean, I, I'm not sure if Seagrist or Freeman will play. I could just about roll a transfer, but I still think I think I'm gonna put out a fire somewhere. I think I'm, t- I'm tempted to roll a transfer. Yeah, I, I have, having had a look at it, I think I need to put out a fire. I've got fires, but I feel like I could deal with those fires better post-international break. It's something to mull over, that's for sure. What do we have left on the pod plan, Thomas? We've got our... What's your... your, Sorry, before we move on, what's your plan with captaincy? Who currently has your armband? I mean, it's currently on Turnbull because he was my captain from the last week. Yep. Tempted to just chuck on Tav. I feel that they're going to get a clean sheet regardless, and then if they get any, if he gets any returns, it'll just be additional points. I would agree somewhat. I think I've got captaincy on Tav, and then Vice is on Boyle at the moment, but that could change. I'm tempted to Maybe vice too. captain Aribo. Yeah. yeah. Are you not concerned about putting your C and VC in the same fixture though? You know if the SFA or the SPFL, whoever decides these things, deems that St. Mirren now have a team that's not fit to play and that game is called off last minute. They were able to feel the team against Celtic, so I don't see how it would get any worse. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. I think just to play it safe, I'm going to spread the risk a little bit. I'm not a huge fan of my team heading into this week, if I'm not going to lie. I've got uh, Segris and Freeman at home to Hibs and I've got Boyle and Nisbet playing them. I'm very happy with my three Rangers players uh, at home to St. Mirren. I've got currently Charles Cook and Spittle playing away to Hearts and Juranovic. Juranovic playing away to be fair to St. Johnson is fine. I'm happy enough with that. Hopefully he's back in the lineup. That's the thing. He's been rested the last game so I'm, I'm kind of concerned with regards to that. I have a bench trick player starting and on my bench it goes injured Turnbull Mullen away to Aberdeen and McCart at home to Celtic. So I think if what I'm going to do is if I make a transfer this week, it might be for maybe a Mullen out for Watkins. For Watkins, yeah. Would, uh, I'm if if Turnbull's fit, I think I would do that. If he's not fit, I think I would probably do it. If Neither Kyogo nor Turnbull are fit. I'd go to Rogic, and if Kyogo's fit, I'd go to, to him. Yeah, I think that's. I think those are. Since we have similar assets, I think those are the three decent transfers that we could make. Yeah, I think Turnbull to Kyogo. I think is something I would be happy enough to do, enough to do. If it was, I, I mean, I think Kyogo plays. If I'm going to be quite honest, like yep. this is another cup final for Celtic. Essentially, we Celtic cannot afford to drop more points. And you know, after. Dropping points to a very, very depleted St. Mary's side. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we will 
Before we round out this pod, we will move on to our last question of the game week, which comes from at Josh underscore foot, foot blog, who asks, is Ramsey a priority to get back into your in for you guys? Also, hope you have a great Christmas. Ah, how nice. Merry Christmas to you yeah. too, Josh. Ramsey then, what do we think? On the bench versus... Uh, I, I think it's a bit too early to jump on him. I think post-international break, we'll see him back in the side and that's when I would go for it. That's why I'm sort of tempted to roll a transfer is so I can then sort of start moving funds around and then if I want to, I can have a mini wild card after the international break when there's fully fit players and I can move funds around so I can maybe afford, try to like move funds around so I can afford Morelos or something to that effect. Yeah, though that's that, I, I'm on board with that, but I think yeah, I mean he did get 45 minutes against um uh, against Hibs, um, but my my issue with it, this is it's the same as yours. First of all, he's only just coming back to fitness. Um, but on the second hand, he's been out, and Aberdeen have been playing well and picking up points, and I'm unsure as to how quickly. Stephen Glass will want to upset the apple cart in that regard. Um, and I do think he now may be rotated on a game-to-game basis, depending on who they're playing. I think they'll start with a more experienced and solid, somewhat solid Johnny Hayes in a more difficult fixture against you know, another top six side and maybe utilise him when they're trying to attack, You know, playing one of the teams further down, down the league. Yeah, and I'm, well, you sort of have to wonder if Glass sort of will want to protect him from getting injured again since he's... Very, very young. Yeah. Um, so to answer the question, he would be a priority transfer if he proved his fitness in minutes, but in the short term. I mean, how are Aberdeen's fixtures even? Let's have a look. I mean, they played Dundee this week, so I mean... They have a nice a nice run of... They have nice five nice fixtures over the nice, uh, the next six. Dundee at home, and then probably would have to bench him for Rangers at home. Oh, I was going to ask if that included the winter the winter national break, <laughs> the winter break. But I suppose the fixtures have just been moved, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. And then uh, Ross County in game week twenty two, game week twenty three, Saint Mirren twenty four, Saint Johnson at home, and away to Livingston. So not 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 yet for me. Not yet, uh, nah. And then, but what I will say is. Harry pointed this out a while ago. His price is way back down at two million. Yeah, I'm looking forward to jumping on him and recouping another. F- I'll have made like a million just yep. out of owning Rams exactly, yeah. this season. That 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 would be nice. Yep. I think that's us. I don't think they'll be hearing us from from us again until close to the start of. Oh, actually, we have planned a couple of bonus episodes. I think for the winter break. So yes, and I think there's one that you'll very much like. To so be the first, first and foremost, we'll be doing a similar episode to we did to our first sort of like was it quarter season review? Yeah, it was during the international break. We did a bonus episode, sort of looking back at you know trends that are occurring, things we think might happen going forward. So I think it's possibly you know after game week twenty, we're just past the halfway point. It's probably a good time to take stock. Yep. Uh, second announcement is we might be doing I think the plan is to do our very first SFFC interview should we nah I think we should keep who it is under wraps so. yeah, yeah fair enough this person but how about we say we'll say this this person is playing fantasy football for their very first time this season and currently sits 31st yeah. overall so it'll be good fun talking to them don't forget to keep your eye on our feed for the XG tables. The plan is to get them out this evening, maybe a little bit later, seeing as we're traveling home for Christmas. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's it, Thomas. Do you want to run us out? Yeah, sure. So 
Everyone have a Merry Christmas and we will see you in our bonus episodes. Solid enough. <laughs>